before BSO, I was Michelangelo, the artistic flow coming from STM, all the legendary shows, I knew I'd be a star, but did I know it wouldn't be from far, see that's the big lead, the radar online, I wasn't the undefeated, but I still was gonna shine, I took a few L's, took them shots like pop, but then I got my weight up, like Jason Witten, no high, it like Ryan Hart, skipping Bailey, Shannon Sharp, don't have like Stephen A to get my point across. Climb Jamel Hills, won carry championships. They were quick to pull the gun, hoping Rob would quit. But 15 years later, Rob's still the shit. Rob's still legit. Rob's still on everyone's time for powerless. Rob is courtside. Rob is ringside. Catch Rob outside at the 50 yard line. Don't act surprised. Rob is a winner. George Steinbrenner cooking up these headlines. What you want for dinner? The Black Sports Center, you know who I be. Triple O G E Ohio State University. That's who reps me. I love for a friend. I just murdered this track called at a dead spin. The headline king is back. You know, I really like J. Cole. I think he's a throwback uh, rapper to when you actually said stuff uh, in your verses. You, you're a lyricist. You know, you you had to pay attention to what the rapper was saying to, to catch the meaning or hidden meaning uh, behind the rhymes. But if there was one line, just one line, I wish uh, J. Cole had never uttered in any of his songs was, I want that Will and Jada love. Because you don't want that, okay? It's pretty clear right now, you don't want that. You may want their money. You may want their fame. You may want their attention. But you don't want that type of love. And I say that because one of the stories that we did as headlines with Robert Littell is that Megan D. Stallion uh, did a, a song. She's independent now, free of a label. Uh, she she did a song, and in the song, she talked about how her boyfriend, uh, Party Fontaine, she caught him in her bed, uh, playing a little bongos bed game with another big booty chick, a bigger booty than Megan. And obviously, that, that hurt Megan's uh, feelings, because, you know, Megan was going through some things at that time. You know, eventually, they they broke up, and she expressed herself in song, which a, a lot of artists do. But I'm really not here to talk about Megan the Stallion and, and Party and, and their type of situation. What I'm really here to talk about, and I'm going to help you today, Dr. Rob is in the house. So you might want to get a pen and a piece of paper. One of the problems with situations like this is that when it happens, everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe that they were my relationship goals. And you hear that a lot when it comes to celebrities and athletes. They are relationship goals. You see them out, you see them on Instagram, they're taking pictures, they're being cute and you see you see the girls and sometimes the guy says, "God, why why when when are you going to do this for me? I want to be Megan the Stallion." But do you really? Do you really want to be Megan the stallion. First off, there's no such thing as relationship goals, especially when it comes to celebrity life. Uh, 
because you don't know what's going on in anybody's relationship. So you can't have a goal if you don't know what the goal is. In theory, a relationship goal should be your parents. If your parents have been married for 40 years, that's a relationship goal because you should have been able to see as a child becoming an adult, what worked, what didn't work, what they went through, what are the things that they did to make you happy, et cetera, et cetera. Also, your parents can be what not to do in a relationship, therefore giving you a goal of what you will not accept. Maybe a relationship goes with your grandparents. Maybe it's your aunt. Maybe it's a close friend that you are aware of everything that they're going through. But your relationship goal can never, ever be an athlete, an entertainer, or somebody you just saw on Instagram and TikTok because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Let me just give you a few examples without saying any names because like Dwight Howard said, you know, what people do in their bedroom, you know, what polls they're using, that's their business unless they get, you know, sued about it, that is public. But if they don't get sued and nobody's talking about it publicly, it's private, so no names. But, you know, one of your favorite basketball players literally has a side chick and a mistress in every road city that he's in. And a lot of those mistresses, he's paying for their house, their condo, their car. He's happily married. Another one of your favorite basketball players is clearly in an open marriage. <laughs> clearly in an open marriage. One of your favorite football players. One of your favorite football players. He's a fact, by the way, not fiction. One of your favorite football players once was on the road and took his family with him. They were at a hotel, the team hotel or whatever hotel it was. Had his family on the 15th floor. Had his mistress on the 14th floor. Family. When I say family, I mean wife and kids. There was once a baseball player at the World Series that had his wife in one box and his mistress in the box right next to him. The wife was kind of curious of why this other woman was real close and wearing his, his, his jersey and things of that nature. He said, I should just works for the team. And the team covers it up. You'd be surprised how much Jerry Jones has covered up over the years. But teams cover this stuff up all the time. In what world would you want to be in a relationship, young ladies, where the guy had a baby with a whole other woman while you was together? Why would that be a goal of yours? And then get married. This shouldn't, this should be common sense, right? This should be common sense. And, and don't get me wrong, none of us are perfect. None of us uh, should be standing on high horses. No relationship, no matter how famous or just how regular, is perfect. They all have flaws. Everybody argues. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get upset. You know, it's nothing is perfect. But why? Why would you base your happiness on somebody named Party who has a feminist tattoo? It just seems odd to me. If you notice, the people that run celebrity worship sites, they're all single. That's just a fact. The, you know, the Swifties, the Barbies, the whatever, the Hotties, they're all single. They're not in a relationship. They're living vicariously through celebrity. 
Like, why would you ask Khloe Kardashian relationship advice? Why would you think Kim Kardashian is the person to go to for relationship advice? Why would that be your goal? Why would that be your ideal situation? Just ask, look in the mirror and ask yourself that. Yeah, I, I want you guys to be happy. Every relationship is different, just like every person is different. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. You have to set your own personal goals of what makes you happy and then apply that to whoever you're dating. You cannot use Khloe Kardashian as a guide. You cannot use Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union as a guide. You can't use Nicki Minaj as a guide. You can't use these athletes as a guide. You can't use Jake Paul as a guide. You understand what I'm saying? Your own guy. You should, it's interesting because sometimes every once in a while you see something comes out and a person has a list of, uh, I guess, things that they have to have to be happy, right? And don't get me wrong, that's different than the list of saying that you won't eat at, you know, the Cheesecake Factory. That's stupid, okay? We're talking about real life stuff. The people that that have lists like that, the people that are Cheesecake Factory and they won't do this on the first day, they have to have this much money, and those people are always single, so don't even pay no attention to them anyway. But the people that have some general rules of what makes them comfortable, that's okay. It's not controlling. It's not manipulative. It's just, that's what you like, you know? Like, I don't like women with deep voices. It's just a thing. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes it's just a thing. Everybody has a thing. And maybe I maybe I take it back. If, if you can't live with going to the Cheesecake Factory, fine. It may make things harder for you because you're overlooking, you know, maybe more important things. But everybody should have some sense of what makes them happy. Some people want somebody rich. Now, you, you have to understand, or you're like, you know, 5% of the people in America are rich. So you have to cut that down to just males. You're 2.5, maybe 3%. I mean, whatever. I don't know what your, your, your valuation of rich. Say your valuation of rich is, is I won't date a guy that doesn't make over $100,000 a year. So let's, let's, let's go to the stats, okay? <laughs> stats 18% of individual Americans make over $100,000 a year if you're black yeah you'll be a little tough only 20 that's like 22% of black households only make so that's a household that's not like one person so you start splitting that down and stuff you want uh, a man or a woman that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but let's just say it's a solid career, right? Now you're talking about nine percent of the population. Now you got nine percent of the population. Now you probably live in a certain area, right? So that shrinks it down even more. Shrinks it. That's a shrinks it. Shrinks it down even more. That that is that it? That what you want? They got to have a Maserati? <laughs> they got to have a Lexus? You know, I mean, I don't know. I want you to be happy. And you can't be happy with somebody else facing the avatar, okay? 
You can't be happy if Nicki Minaj is in your avatar. You can't be happy if 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 your username is LeBron Lover nine 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 and you're a guy. <laughs> that's just not gonna work. That that's that's not gonna work. I feel bad for uh, Miss uh, Stallion. Uh, nobody should walk. I mean, anybody walks in their house and see their significant other uh, doing bad gaming activities, it'd be devastating. Um, I don't care how much money you have, what type of celebrity status you have, it has to be tough. I feel bad uh, for Miss Stallion. Hope she finds someone that loves her for her. Uh, obviously, she's having some issues uh, with that. <laughs> But hopefully we wish her well in the future. Hey, look, Williams, USC quarterback. Uh, It's had a rough go of it last couple of uh, games. USC has has lost a few, I think three games, two games. Well, basically they're out of the national championship conversation. They're out of the the Pac-12 championship conversation. And he is still considered... uh, to be the number one pick uh, in the NFL draft, but you know, he's struggling uh, a bit. And uh, after they lost to Washington, where the defense gave up uh, 52 points, uh, hard to fault him uh, for, for that. Uh, He was caught on camera uh, crying with his mother. And of course that elicited a lot of uh, social media activity. Uh, I blame myself for some of this. Um, because if you recall, uh, you know, reaction shots were always, uh, a thing, uh, in, in, in sports, not as prevalent until social media started catching them a little bit. And, you know, that's kind of started with the quote unquote, uh, struggle face, uh, you know, where we would, uh, take, uh, individual shots that maybe the producer hit on, put it on social media, tag it, struggle face, it'll go viral, the people will go viral. Uh, the networks figured out that, hey, this is some stuff that can help us out. And now you see them zooming in and they're literally looking uh, for the person that that is devastated uh, by the loss. In this case, it happened to be Caleb uh, crying uh, to his mom. There's two different sides of this. You know, one side is like, he's a kid, he's emotional, he cares. The other side, he's soft, he's weak, and we don't want to draft him. Uh, but first off, nobody really cares that much, okay? No matter what side it, you, you were watching or what side, you're, nobody really cares. Has literally no effect on his draft stock. I doubt any team is going to be like he was crying to his mom, so we're not. he's undraftable now. That's stupid. Nobody cares about that. You don't care about that. Nobody cares. It's just something that happened, and when things like that happen, everybody has to say something. Everybody has to say something. Everybody has to, and you have to be contrarian. There's always going to be one side that'd be like, leave him alone. There's going to be the other side like, he's all. That's just the way the media and, and social media works now. doesn't work if it's all one-sided. So even if it seems like it should be one-sided, you're always going to get somebody that says something else. And if you're in the media, depending on what side of the media pendulum you're on, so it's a pendulum, that you're on, you're going to say the opposite, even if you don't mean it, right? So, of course, Whitlock is going to say this, or Clay Travis is going to say that, and of course, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp's going to say this, and they're going to say, it, it just depends on what side and where your audience uh, is. If you want to know my opinion, I don't particularly care either way. Like, you know, I think it's okay 
to be emotional. Uh, you know, I lost a high school playoff game when I was a senior again that we were down 21 to nothing and had an opportunity to to win the game on the last play. We threw an interception. Still bothers me to this day. It's like 20 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's nothing wrong with that. You know, should he wait until he got in the locker room and stuff? Who I mean, who I mean, this is mom. You see your mom, your mom is like, oh baby, and next thing you know, you lose it. I mean, who cares? Like, I mean, really, like I'm I'm being honest. Like, what are we what are we talking about? Can he throw the out route in the NFL? That's really the only thing that matters. Doesn't matter how much he cries, he can cry every day. He'd be Dick Vermeil, just crying a drop of a dime. Dime. Can he can he throw the out route? Can he process the zone blitz? You know, there's some questions about how when he plays against a little bit better competition, you know, he kind of comes down to earth. But you never know with quarterbacks, right? You never know. I mean, it it takes a while too, though. Sometimes they start off looking great. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, you know, draft it later and do better. Sometimes they draft it early, do worse. You just don't know until it actually happens. So who cares? Cry all you want. You, you, you should be okay giving your emotions, okay? If it bothers you, it's okay. No, nothing wrong with crying to your mom. There's nothing wrong with being a mama's boy. It's better to be a mama's boy than not having a mom. Not Better to be, a, you know, go to your dad. You don't have a dad. A lot of people don't have dads. It's just contrary. And it's just, just what people do. It's just, a, just something that if people argue and they're not really upset, I would hope not at least. A lot of the arguments you see, nobody's really upset. And what are you mad about? If you're upset arguing about stupid stuff like this, then there's something deeper going on. If you're really angry, you know, meet me in Temecula type of angry about just something social media is talking about, there's something deeper going on uh, inside of you. Are the NFL refs on the take? <laughs> okay. I mean, we have to ask, are they in with the mafia? Are they, or whatever's going on right now? I, we we have to figure out what's going on. My only solution is they, they going to have to start replaying everything. I know it may make the games of four hours, but they may have to give like the, the coach, the, the coaches like five challenges or make it like in college where everything is challenged, like from above, like you don't have to actually throw a challenge flag. They see something. Like they kind of had that with a quote-unquote uh, expedited review. But we got to have it for stuff like, I know they tried pass interference, but I feel like it should be from above. Like the coaches shouldn't, like the somebody should be able to look on the replay in New York or wherever the hell they at. They'd be like, this was not pass interference, Okay. You know, like, like, or oh, this was offensive pass interference. Like, they should just be able to see it. Okay, I think all I think if, if all pass interference calls, somebody should take a look at uh, upstairs, and it doesn't take long. And, and the, the criteria should be like, did this really equate, you know, pass interference? Secondly, the the the, the rough and the passer it absolutely has to be looked at above. It, it absolutely has to because. The thing about the rough of the passer that is even, I don't know if it's more egregious, maybe it's more egregious than the pass interference is this. Normally with a rough in the passer, there's a, there's that 
99% of the time, it is either a sack or an incompletion or an interception. So it's some sort of negative play for uh, the, the offense. And normally if you have a sack on, on a drive, if you have it in this, obviously if you have an interception, even if you have just an incompletion, a lot of this happens on third down. So you're taking something where normally a sack is between five and 10 yards going backwards, and you're actually giving them 15 yards forward. And if it changes the entire dynamic of a game. The one that was on the, the kid from the commanders uh, yesterday was, was, was quite possibly the worst pass. In the, I mean, the worst roughing the passer call I've ever seen in my life. The kid just tackled him, was going for a fumble, actually knocked the ball out, rolled on the side of him, didn't even fall on top of him. And they caught, I don't know why. The only explanation I had is he got gambling debts. So it's the only explanation I have. It's like the NFL is testing us. Like we know that the NFL gets the biggest ratings of all. They're the biggest sport in North America. And they just feel like we just accept trash. <laughs> and we have, but that won't, I don't know if that's going to last forever. You keep scoring, like the Eagles and Cowboys, that was a terribly refereed game. That's a national game, probably 30 million people watching, and it was awful. It was awful from the refs. The two flag happen. They got to just let, like, you just got to let them play. Unless it's, my thing with flags has always been, unless it's egregious, meaning that, you know, it literally affected the play. Don't throw the flag. You know, I mean, if somebody got somebody to bear a hug, hook, okay, throw the hold. You know, if someone clotheslines someone before the ball, throw the pass in the friends, right? But come on, man. I mean, if somebody, you know, spears the quarterback in the, in the neck, okay, got it. But all this other stuff is ridiculous. One positive from the NFL, uh, whatever, week, week eight, week nine, week eight? One of the weeks. My guy, C, J. Straw. All I all I wish was Gus Johnson was calling his games. Oh, and I also wish he was still at Ohio State. But my guy C J Straw. Uh 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh comeback 40 seconds ago, two timeouts, throwing dimes to beat the Bucks. Looks like the real deal. Hopefully it's the real deal. Got got people in Houston of all places excited. Get your season tickets because as soon as they get that defense together, get a nice running game going, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. I always say good quarterbacks or great quarterbacks make good wide receivers great and great wide receivers Hall of Famers. You see what I'm saying? That's that's the way it should work. It should work. It shouldn't be the opposite. It shouldn't be, but it is sometimes. Great wide receivers make average quarterbacks look good, but then they make a lot of money. Great running backs sometimes make average quarterbacks look good. Then they make a lot of money. Uh, CJ was talking uh, at the uh, post-game press conference about his pops. Uh, His pops is uh, in jail. uh, I think it's 36 years to life on some carjacking uh, situation, drug deal went wrong and everything. And he was talking about how the prism system is all jacked up and everything. And I think some people kind of miss 
understood what he was trying to say. First off, he was talking about this prison conditions in and of itself are, are terrible. Uh, some people may don't care about that because they're like his criminals and they don't deserve, you know, type of things. But that's that's really a different discussion for a different day. The the one that I want to talk about is this. I saw someone say that, uh, well, CJ's dad, you know, he, he, he pleaded guilty to this carjack and his drug situation. So he deserves to be in jail. The problem with that is not that he shouldn't serve his time. What I always see is the problem with our justice system is that the the it, the the time is is not equal. And what I mean by that is, depending on what type of lawyer you can afford, uh, depending on you know what type of judge you have and everything, it, stuff is not is not equal as far as how many years people spend in jail. Now, I give you an example of what I'm talking about. I like to watch uh, unsolved mysteries. Uh, a lot of you probably are too young to remember Unsolved Mysteries, but like from the late 80s to the early 2000s, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, before Netflix, before all of this stuff, was where you did your crime drama and all of this stuff, you know, before you can stream like 900 documentaries and all of this stuff. Uh, that's where you did, you, you you saw your, you know, America's Most Wanted type of stuff. I was on Unsolved Mysteries. Robert Stack, a legendary uh, Robert Stack. And I like to watch these old Unsolved Mysteries uh, before I go to bed because it's just a thing. It's just one of my things that I like to do. Uh, because I'm always curious because most of these cases are now 30 uh, years old. So I'm curious if some of them got solved after the show went off the air. Uh, sometimes my, my my craziest reactions to the one where, you know, somebody gets murdered or people get murdered and you would think it would be solved by now and it still hasn't got solved or people are missing they just disappeared and never found them 20 years later. Just a lot of crazy stuff like that. So last night I was watching an episode, right? And the 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 little part of the episode was this guy uh, who um, invited this girl to live with him. I, th- I believe it was in, in Arizona. He invited her to live with her in Arizona, but she was she was on drugs. She was a little, little crazy. His family had warned him, like, hey, man, like, I don't think this is a good idea. You need to send her back to New Jersey, where she's from. She's on drugs. She's kind of crazy. She's always accusing you of cheating. Um, she hit him. She's violent. All of this stuff, right? Eventually, this ends up with her killing old boy uh, with a mallet while he was asleep. And then after she hit him over the head 100 times with the mallet, stabbing him like 20 times in the chest and just leaving the body at his apartment, still in his truck. And then disappearing. Four or five days later, they find old boy dead in his house. Uh, she's like 200 miles away. Uh, there were some sightings of her. She stole this truck. She was hitchhiking somewhere. Anyway, they end up finding the 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 girl, right? So don't forget, this has happened like in the mid-90s or whatever. So I'm like, man, that was cold-blooded. I mean, there's no, no doubt, you know, she killed him forcefully with a damn mallet and then stabbed him after that for no reason at all. Just because she was crazy. She got 15 years and was out in eight. <laughs> 15 and out in eight. Meaning that she's been doing whatever she's doing for probably the last 20 years, free as a whistle. He dead. He dead. Christmas was canceled. We're at the time. 
she got 15 and eight. So I think when people talk about the justice system, it's like, how can someone bludgeon someone with a mallet and stab them and be out in eight years and someone get caught up in a bad drug deal and get 36 to life? You have an answer to that? That's And I think that's what CJ uh, said. It's, he didn't, you know, most of the time it affects, this was a white woman that got away with it. Uh, you know, black people more than white people, but not always because if you're a black person, you got money, you get the right lawyers, you can definitely, you should be in jail for some things that you're in jail for. And I always say, and I think sometimes white people think, well, you know, black people just say they don't want, they want criminals to be running. No, nobody wants criminals running free. If somebody robbed me, black, white, Mexican, whatever it is, I want them uh, in jail. But if a black guy robs me and a white guy robs me, I want them to have an equal time. I want the white guy getting out in five years and the black guy serving 20. Equality, something that black people have asked for for 200 years. Something that's not close to happening, but it's something that we're asking for. So hopefully at some point, you know, CJ's dad get a realistic sentence and he gets out and he can see his boy play. Because boy is out there balling. And uh, one last thing uh, before I leave. <laughs> uh, Stefan Diggs said he was the can man. You know, anyone can get it. But let it be told, there is only one can man and that's adrian the problem bro you've mentioned a couple names recently who were they listen man they call me the problem but you could call me the can man because anybody can get it africans americans dominicans mexicans anybody can get it <laughs>